Hey, you, here's one of our favorite episodes of the New Day Feel the Power. Check out the rest on Spotify. It's a new day. Yes, it is. Live from a Zoom call emanating from Austin, Texas, Land Lakes, Florida, and a hotel room in Orlando, Florida. It's the new day. Feel the power. Take it away, guys. Wow. That was pretty good. I'm, I'm just going to say, I'm not mad at that. It's no. it's uh, the enthusiasm is there, but it's mm-hmm. not as shrill, not as great. Yeah, the, you know, my, my eardrums aren't on the verge of being burst. I don't feel like you're taking razor blades yeah. to, to my ears. So thank you for that. Is that Tolerable. how you normally feel when? Yes, yes. Oh. Mm-hmm. That is how I feel. With every God bless sentence. Him. We love them. I think your, yours is in like a little bit of a lower register too. So it's a little more soothing, you know? Right. Um, I don't know if thing. I call that soothing, but. <laughs> it's better though. It's better. Yeah. Small thing, you know, I really, it's Land O Lakes. I feel like you just, you, it's Land O Lakes. I feel like you, you know, I, you really want to that's emphasize the, that O. Uh, Land that's O That's the Pennsylvania in me. Austria right, Phoenix. right. Just a little, I just want to give you a little note. That's, yeah, yeah. that's all. We take a that's lot of true. pride in the way our, our town is pronounced. You just, so. yeah. just got to nitpick. Just got to nitpick yeah. it. Well, no, well, well, God forbid he finds himself amongst like a crew of Land Lakeians and, you know, he says Land Lakes, and all of a sudden everybody's looking at him. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody's looking at him, you know, and just like despising him and detesting him. So, sure. uh, Next thing I know, I'm found in a ditch. Yeah, covered in butter. And you won't, you'll never know why. Now, now I'm curious as to what the term is for denizens of, of my town. I know it's, for Tampa, I know it's Tampanian, but I don't know, is it, I'd like to be a lakesman. Is that and it? A lakesman. lakesman. That'd be cool. I mean, is, that, you know. is that sexist though? But no, but I personally, I am a Lando Lakesman, he, he, and there okay, are yeah. women will be, Lando, you can be a Lando Lakes woman, or you could be a Lando Lakes person. I feel like that's that's what I'm going to go with. I don't. There probably is a correct term. I don't know. Yeah. It, so, so I'm going with this. Yeah. I feel like Lando Lakeian. Yeah, Lando Lakeian. I, I oh, thought that yeah. was pretty obvious, and it flows off the tongue. <laughs> like yeah, to Lando exactly. Lakes woman. I'm a Lando Lakes woman. Lando, it, right. I don't know. It doesn't sound right. Lando yeah. Lakeian. I mean, Maybe I think of the album, like like, yeah. like Outcast of the Atlians. <laughs> Lando Lakeians. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so yes. I mean, I don't think I'm going to get together with my neighbors to record a rap album, but I get. Well, to somebody might never know. Just record it in the bathroom, in the shower? Maybe this conversation will spark that. Spray rap album. <laughs> you just start going door to door. Hey, you rap? Hey, you got bars? Yeah. <laughs> oh, big, big E, well, what, what's going on? Hey, you got bars? <laughs> what's up, neighbor? <laughs> you rap? Uh, what's your, you what's your lyrics you find uh, their, their driver's license, but they're really from like Texas or something. He's like, no, you have to be from here. Yeah. You have to be here. Yep. From vacation, I'm You can't sorry. be a Lando Lakeian? Uh, oh, sorry, sir. I just bought life insurance. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not here for that. <laughs> can you rap? Guess what I said. I said, can you, I said, what your bars sound like? Excuse me, sir. Have you heard the good word? We're putting together a Lando Lake in a rap album. So if you happen to have a bar or two, we'd love a 16. But if that's all you guys want to do, 16. Just, just put them in the pot in the neighborhood. It's in the Kodak. Just exactly. Exactly. Have them there by Friday. Yeah, Ooh. if we can get our numbers up, you don't need many bars. If we can get like 100 people, all wow. you need is a couple bars, you know? Okay. It's a good call. Mm-hmm. Neighborhood band involving everyone in the neighborhood. That's wow. yeah. And it brings the neighborhood Let's, together too? Right. Bro. Oh my God, if, if you do a cypher and everyone in Lando Lakes put in, in one bar, it's like a 10-minute cypher with everybody right. from Lando Lakes. <laughs> I was going to say, well, it's, you know, getting together during a pandemic, probably not the best idea, but I'm sure there we could stand apart from each other. We do it on the block, you know? Yeah. Or what if what if you connected the whole community? You know how, like, when if, if there's floods or whatnot, you'll have people in line and they pass the sandbags and they mm-hmm. might be in line. It might they might be in line for like a mile. And it's cool to see, you know, it's desperate, dire times, but the whole community is linked together. What if we mm-hmm. link the entire maybe in a circle of Lando of Lando Lakeians and mm-hmm. maybe we start, yeah, just from the entire community and you 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 do your you have microphones or you project. So the person six feet from you can hear, and then they have to finish. They have to finish it, and then, but we'll have we'll have the uh, sound people there to make sure to record. It might not be the best quality because it's not a booth, so but uh, so it would not be great. Like sound takes time to travel, right? So like you you know like the echoes and everything, you hear it like a second after it actually happens. People would be so off. I feel right. like it needs to happen. Anything you can do to make this happen, I would be in your debt. But, yeah, you know, even bring just going door to door and filming yeah. on your phone, filming their oh, one hour. Oh, God, phone, please do that. Edit the video together. That's another possibility, too. <sighs> right. I'll just send out, you oh. know how they have the, um, I don't really participate because I don't have kids or 
anyone else that lives in my house. But, you know, the local community, the HOAs, whatnot, they have oftentimes there's like a little email chain or a little message board or something. We could, you know, I, I don't even have to go door to door. I'll have I'll I'll hit the message board, the community message board, mm-hmm. and say you have until the end of August. Get your bars up. Get your bars <laughs> up, or you will be penalized. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa! I gotta get my bars. Right. Yeah. I'll need I'll need two to six bars from each and every one of you, including your children, to work on their rhymes if you need. You got a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah, twelve and up. You better have some bars for me. So, if it doesn't work in the neighborhood uh, chat, do you go to just uh, postering the town? A mm. uh, that's a little old school, but okay. if, if need be, I'm not above yeah, it. I'll yeah. post it to town. Wanted. I'll get a street team together. Yeah, bars. send your bars to this email address. Yeah. Oh, they right. have like the uh, the flyers where you like rip a little piece off with the phone number on it, like on the college yeah. campuses. You know what it's all about? Yeah. If yeah. you have bars, call this number. Leave a message. <laughs> I like it. Whoa. Leave I'm a message it. with your bars. Leave a message with your bars. <laughs> um, I think we're under All right. Well, uh, we've talked a bit. Uh, let's go ahead and introduce ourselves. I am Xavier Woods, a.k.a. Austin Creed. I am Kofi Kingston. I am actually a Tor Ewan. That was the name that I was given when I came out the womb. But people have referred to me since then. My work name is Big E. <laughs> and uh, I just wanted to, you know, to claim it. It's nice to say your, your given name sometimes. That's my name, Ator Ewan. And actually, uh, I don't know if I've mentioned this on this podcast before, but it's actually an Italian name, and you're supposed to roll the R. But my parents said, nah, we ain't doing that. Um, <laughs> it's just Ator. So people always butcher my name, but they're really butchering the, the mispronunciation of my name anyways. So I guess I really shouldn't even be that mad when I'm the one purposely butchering it. So there's there's just a lot. There's a lot going on with that name. Uh, so yeah, E, most people have called me E their, their whole lives. But when people mispronounce it, they usually say Etor. Uh, and I don't like the sound of that. that, that I don't either. Right. Or uh, what used to bother me, my barber years, years ago, not Jay, but my barber for a great man, but he would always call me Tori. And that, that bothered me even more. <laughs> he somehow took the E, I think, from the beginning and decided to add it to the end. So it's mm-hmm. he made a T-O-R- E-E. I think that's what he did. Oh, um, Yoda? Yeah. Your, bar- your barber was Yoda? Yes, he was Yoda. Okay, a little known fact. Yeah, 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 yeah. He had to stand, he had to get a couple of apple boxes together to cut my hair. Um, but yes, he, he, he found a way. I don't know how we got to a barber Yoda joke, but I am very into it. Oh, boy. Oh, for your faith, light side or dog. <laughs> Bro, you would never let a barber that looked like Yoda cut your hair with his haircut. If you yeah. don't know, come on, you got all these like little stray hairs. And come on, no, sir. But he's very wise. I feel like he's... Yoda could be a great. Plus, Ooh. a big part, a big part of the barber shop is your conversation. Okay. And if if my barber is just dropping jewels of wisdom like Yoda does. Bro, I'm I'm there every week, even Ooh. if the hair cuts a little off. If I'm getting if I'm getting those life <laughs> no. jewels, no. If I'm getting, I'm, no, you're not. I'm stopping in to get some it's wisdom, sad. man. What's you after you leave with your hair jacked up, you're not gonna be like, hey, hey, but listen but, to wisdom. They're gonna go, but, but look at your hairline. <laughs> but the wisdom I can use in my life now—that's way more important than a hairline. I know we value a hairline. And I don't want to uh, blaspheme against, you know, a good hairline, uh, but... Say, watch what you say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you like, you wish for like I'm going to get, like I'm gonna get hey, cursed. You're going to bring that yeah. energy to you. I wake up in the morning. Yeah. Yep. I wake yep. up in the morning. My, my hair. <laughs> I'm like Coolio. <laughs> Late stage Coolio. You're going to be calling me. Hey, so this idea for the from over, how do I do that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I was watching, I think it was uh, People's Court. Uh, Coolio was on like years and years ago, uh, randomly, and it popped me big. Uh, I don't know how how does that work? Do you think Coolio decided, man, I got someone to sue? I'm going to people's court, or do they reach out to him and like, hey, you want to like sue one of your friends and we'll reimburse him? <laughs> I, there's got to be this got to be some method to the madness. Be uh, but anyways, I was so amazed at this man's commitment to holding on to his hairstyle because. His hairline was, it was, it had been through a war. It, it was decimated. It was just, it was non-existent, but he was still holding on. And I, mm-hmm. I couldn't even be mad at it. I said, sir, no. salute to you. 
I mean, the salute well, might back, start back from way back here, right? <laughs> yeah. But still, salute to you and hats off to you. You probably need to put that hat on. I'm going to take it off so you can put it on. But hey, uh, it's commitment. It's a commitment that I can applaug. Hats off okay. to you, sir. Oh, thank you. No, no, uh, you need to... This is for you. This is for you to put on. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yo, let's... We need yeah, to we still use that. Put that use promo, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> randomly yeah. come out. Yeah, randomly come out to a hat with a hat on. Cor- Corbin. Corbin yes. <laughs> with Corbin's hair right now bro Corbin was oh around God. backstage on the yeah. road you see him every week and I, I've right. talked about this like I can't believe that he has to walk around with this hair in real That's life, life. in actual life. life he gotta go I home he's gotta walk around and go to the grocery store and have this like this hair this real hair he can't cut it and I just saw it for the first time like in person right. uh, yesterday man oh my God it is something else Hey, I'm someone need to bring him a hat. I honestly, he he had one on. We were talking backstage. (laughs) (laughs) See why? But no, I I honestly think, and I know we don't do wrestling on this, uh, but I think that's the best thing in wrestling right now. It really is. It is hysterical to me. I'm highly sports entertained every time I see this man, and he is so committed. I, I can't get enough of it. I can't get enough of it. I need him. I need him to beat Goldberg at Mania. And uh, and a million dollars is on the line. Watch watch your mouth watch your mouth about Goldberg matches. How, Why? I mean, I I share your enthusiasm about Corbin, but if you don't be just throwing him a Goldberg match <laughs> until I get mine. You don't let, me get mine. let me get mine that, first. In that scenario, you're get, in that scenario, you're getting one at Survivor Series. I hope so. That's all I'm saying. All right, continue. Yeah, Bruh. I got you. No, I'm, I'm done. That's it. No, no, I, you're just. You're, you're, you're taking care of in this scenario. You've already beat Goldberg in this scenario. Just check. All right, sweet, sweet, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wow. Did you see they, um, this is, this will be very late for people by the time this airs, but uh, they actually, like 49 minutes ago, uh, WWE uh, posted a TikTok with Corbin trying to get into the building. I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, did you, mm-hmm. I don't, yeah, I didn't know if you had seen that, but I, I, was, know. I was amused. I haven't seen it. Yeah. It's very happy with it. Let me text it to you now, Kof, oh that you can watch it some. Like, oh it's boy. like a minute and a half. Okay. But uh, yes, this is, a day in the life. Who would have thought this man becoming a bum would be <laughs> so entertaining? Bro. It's so it's so good. Like I am in tears whenever he is on screen, and I don't know why his pain <laughs> causes me so much joy. I think it's because he was so mean for so long, yeah. And now he just completely one eighty, like in the span of twenty four hours. You know, Ugh. but Ugh, we're so we're good. supposed to be. But they have me on screen. I'm supposed to be the good-natured human being out there, you know, someone you could really respect and root for. And they have me denigrating this man, who's like, honestly, when you think about it, what are his sins? He he lost his money. That's that's not something to laugh about. Uh, he's having uh, issues at home. All the things that have happened to this this man, and I just pile on. Uh, yeah, that's, not, that's not the healthiest of the way that he's treated us in the past. You just forgot right. all that. Yes, but you know, sometimes people who have done bad things, they can go through difficult times and we can we can uh, decide to look deep in our heart to be a good human being and say, this person is a human and they're experiencing difficulty in life and we can I lend agree. them the helping hand they need. But let them ride the ride Some first. Forgiveness. Let them ride the ride that he built for himself. Let them let ride it three or four times and then you can stop it. Then you can help us. No, you will not go unscathed. You will not go unscathed. Something's going to happen to you. You're going to... You're gonna you're gonna feel actual remorse through some way. If I don't think you if I don't think you feel real remorse, I'm gonna let you feel your real remorse. And I'm gonna let you have this stand on your shirt. I'm gonna let you beat this can of spaghetti on the side of the throat. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you. And then maybe, maybe, maybe it does work out. And then we'll be happy for him. But for right now, no, no, no. Let 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 us revel. Let us revel in this goodness that is Corbin at a, at an absolute mess. At an absolute mess. I will say the the can of spaghetti had me howling. I wish yeah. I was there oh. to see it. Just imagine this man beating <laughs> spaghetti against the curb, <laughs> trying to open it. I don't know. When he, as soon as he said that, I I, I almost fell over laughing. I was very into it. It's, it's it was, and then when he got shot, when he got shot by the tank. Yeah, I wasn't Perfect expecting shot. that at all. I'm sitting Perfect there watching shot. the show, and I I'm, I'm cackling to the point where I almost wake my kids up. I'm laughing so hard. It's. <laughs> It's solid gold. What he's what he has. Yeah, he's talking about Bitcoin and investing in Bitcoin. And he lost on the Bitcoin, but he borrowed money for that. He's got to pay it back. My God, just the levels, man. Like, uh, he's so he's so genuine and authentic with it. It's amazing. It's so good. Uh, there goes our Corbin segment. Good, good, good Corbin segment. <laughs> 
a great fall from grace. It's nice to get to see you guys now on the road. You know, we have yeah, these live events, and you guys are on the shows. In fact, sometimes, uh, like two ships passing the night, sometimes on these shows, we'll have interactions. Uh, uh, what was it? The uh, Yes, the Fort Myers show. Mm-hmm. Did we, uh, we, I think we hugged, and we did our jumping and twisting hug. Yeah. 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 It's about the same reaction as it gets in the locker room. I know. <laughs> well, it's awkward. It's not meant to get a pop. Like, I don't, no. I don't do it to get a great reaction. I don't do it because I think it's going to amuse the boys. It's very selfish. Like, we're, we're making noise. We're making it about us. But, okay, so for people who don't know, what we, yeah. what we have been doing lately is when all three of us, for the first time in, the, in that day, when we get together, usually in the locker room, and we see all three of us, is we'll, we'll put our stuff down, we'll make eye contact, We'll make a big production. Sometimes I like to, to tell people to clear out. I'll wave my <laughs> hands, you know, I'll get them out of the way to give us room to triangulate. And then uh, we'll have we'll have a little bit of distance between us, but then we'll start uh, gesticulating. Uh, the first day, I think I requested uh, skin to skin. Mm-hmm. So we took our shirts off. Don't make it weird. Don't make it weird. Don't judge like that. It was what it was. Because there's a lot of evidence, you know, skin contact yep. and the oxytocin. Uh, there's a lot of health benefits to, to skin to skin contact. So... Um, I did it for my health, just for my, that was the sole reason for my health. So we went skin to skin and we did a slow, like creeping three man hug. And then when we embrace, we like to hop up and down together while rotating. And we'll do, we'll do uh, usually maybe a, a rotation or two, maybe three at max. Um, clockwise, clockwise. Oh, it is, it is always, is it always clockwise? You always go to the left. Well, except when we're in Australia. In Australia, we probably go to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so mad I laughed at that. It's, I'm so mad I laughed at that. <laughs> but yes, this this is what we do now That's because do. Um, because I'm overly sentimental in my older years, and uh, you never know. You never know when this uh, strange journey of ours will come to a conclusion. And you will move on to the next chapter of your life. So I want to take these moments to uh, to have these memories and to uh, embrace my brothers. And that is why. Yes, That's why we do it. So yeah, we did we did a, a very a very large embrace for the people. Show them we're we're back. We're all together. But that first show that we did together, uh, we had a player for the Milwaukee Bucks come out. Bobby Portis. Yes, Bobby, Bobby Portis. Portis. Thank you for coming out. And for some reason, I saw he was so excited he was taking his boot off. And it was like half unzipped when I decided to help, not realizing that it was only half unzipped. So now I'm trying to pull E's boot off for like a good, a good 30 seconds. <laughs> he's, and I, I'm like, at one point, I'm like, he might be about to dislocate my knee the way he's talking. <laughs> so I said, let, let this not result in an injury. Uh, but yes, that is, that is the thing that we did. But Bobby, Bobby Porter's was awesome, by the he way. He was so cool, man. Very cool. So it still blows my mind to find out like how many uh, like people of different walks of life are like big wrestling fans. Like he was first of all, he's like what six eight or something like that, six nine, maybe even taller. And um, he was like a kid in a candy store, like a little kid, just like so happy to be at this live event. And it just blows my mind that we're able to like kind of cross paths like that because being in the NBA is a is a very difficult to- uh, job. You know, there's so many people who want to be basketball players. You have to be good at like shooting the ball, obviously. And that is a hard thing to do. You know, like as, as youths, we used to play basketball all the time. I don't know about y'all, but I was never very good. We've established that on the podcast <laughs> several times <laughs> over. But to, to see people's like skill, you know, be so high that you can go to the highest level and go to the NBA and you're so good at doing this, but you're still like this, this wrestling fan on the inside just blows my mind sometimes. So that was so awesome, man. He was just, uh, he was really, really happy. Him and his friends in the crowd, you know, he had his big uh, WWE championship title uh, belt. I said it, you know, on his shoulder. <laughs> the strap. <laughs> the strap, the strap on his shoulder. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's just, it just blows my mind that uh, we can bring people in from so many different walks of life into this little world that we call wrestling. Yes. Uh, actually, um, one of the things that we didn't get to do, which would also have been cool, was we were supposed to, we also had a live event in Detroit. And Detroit had just drafted Cade Cunningham number one overall. And he, we realized, I didn't know this until we got to the building. When we got to the building, they said, oh, there was a scheduling conflict. Uh, there was an issue that came up, so he couldn't make it. But we were also supposed to uh, do that as well, to bring out the number one draft pick, Dap him up, have him in the ring in Detroit, uh, and get out of there. And that would have been cool too. But alas, uh, schedules did not align. But it, it is cool. I just have, um, I think anyone who achieves at a very high level, even if it doesn't necessarily like 
net you a ton of money, but whatever it is that you do, and if you're very good at it or very passionate about it, I just like meeting people like that because uh, I feel like you can always learn. And some people just have massive physical advantages, but some people, I don't know. I just think meeting people from different walks of life and just a few minutes of interaction when they do something at a high level, I uh, I take some pleasure in. Yeah, it's like, um, so have you guys been watching the Olympics? Yes. It's highly, highly entertaining. I absolutely love when the Olympics is on. Uh, I try to watch, I watched water polo this year. And I didn't realize, and I, I actually met somebody who played water polo like professionally a little while after this. So I didn't realize that the whole pool is the deep end. They're they're legit shredding water the entire the time. time. And sometimes wow. they're like, since you can't see it, they're like kicking each other underneath the water to like gain an yeah. advantage. Try to, I, heard it, like, I heard it can be very aggressive under the water. Yeah. Like what? How? How do you get the stamina for this? I can run. I can wrestle. I can do these things. But, but shredding water? And playing a sport, trying to score goals from the pass while getting kicked all throughout your lower half? What? Wow. wow. <laughs> that, um, man, it's even seeing, uh, I, I can't, I gotta, I sent it to one of my friends today, but uh, it was the, oh, Leslie Jones, the comedian. She she put out a video, just commentary over the synchronized swimming team. Yeah. And it was like, and she's, and she's really enthusiastic and really into it. But just seeing their routine, how, being in sync like that, and then seeing the stuff they do in the water moving together like that is mind-boggling. Absolutely mind but There's just so many, like you said, I, I love watching the Olympics for those things. I think there was a lot of, I feel like this year, because a lot of the bureaucracy of the Olympics with, hey, should we even be holding these games to, um, you know, like the Shikari Richardson thing? Just so many things that kind of rub me the wrong way. So I just... Uh, and there's actually, there's some really interesting stuff too. I watched this, there's an HBO piece and it talks about kind of the devastation having the games in certain countries has on them moving forward. Like Greece had a, an issue where they have, because a lot of times you have to build stadiums out of nowhere to house yeah. all stadiums and arenas and all these events. But then once the Olympics is done, once that two weeks is over, you just have these buildings that sometimes they can be used, but I think it was in Athens. They just have all these fields, stadiums, and arenas now that are just going to waste. They're just not being used. And it just it just can oftentimes, hosting the games, because it's so expensive, can actually really hurt the community. And not to mention the people that have to be moved out of those areas, yeah. relocated, which are always the poor people. Um, or or even like, I think, um, I think it was the World Cup. I want to say in Qatar, I've also heard it pronounced Qatar, so don't. Either way, but I, th I think it was there where they had a bunch of workers, a bunch of people who, like not a bunch, but some of the people who had actually worked on building the stadiums had died and they had just these horrible conditions. And so anyways, a lot of those things are the reasons like a lot of these big games, like I don't know how to feel, but I do. I love the athletes. I love being able to watch the athletes and see what they do at a very, very high level. Um, but yeah, it was cool. Also, I don't know if we talked at all about uh, Gable Stevenson. Uh, the American mm -hmm. heavyweight who wrestles in Minnesota. Yeah. He wants to get into this to, to WWE mm -hmm. and MMA. He's discussed that as well. But his, uh, I watched his, it was making the rounds because it went viral, but he was down by three points in the gold medal game. And with three points with 15 seconds left, and we all wrestled in high school, mm -hmm. but to see against in the gold medal game against the very best in the world, to see him find a way in 15 seconds to score three points and win was just incredible. And like, that's, that, that's the most dramatic finish to an amateur wrestling match I can recall. <laughs> um, but yeah, just seeing that stuff, I think is, is really, really dope. Yeah. Like, like, so like you were saying about building stuff. So when they did the Olympics in Atlanta in 96, so I lived there and I was, I was young. So I don't remember what, like what was in these areas before they started building stuff for the Olympics. But I just remember them like planting a bunch of trees, like along the interstate like a year or so before everybody got there, they had Centennial Park. So it's like this gorgeous park with all these fountains. It's one of like the the bigger, like nicer places in Atlanta where you can go and kind of just hang out. Again, I don't, I don't, I was too young to remember like what was there beforehand, but I do remember like so many people coming in and my dad and my mom and their friends telling me, you know, uh, well, there, it's like, it's like a beautification thing of Atlanta. So then hopefully the idea is when people come here for the Olympics, they go, hey, Atlanta's pretty nice. Let me come back. So it's like that idea of like, you put a lot of money into your city, into the growth and everything so that when the dough come in, hopefully on the back end, you can get like, you know, 100% of people come in. Hopefully you can get like 4% of them to come live there. And that increases the money and property value for everybody. And so it's like, I, and again, I know nothing about this, but 
to what you were saying, I didn't, I wasn't even thinking about things like that happening. Situations like that where stuff just isn't used, that doesn't, like people can't make good on it because there's just no one, there's no income from it. So it's just there now. Yeah, no, it's an interesting thing that you don't really think about. You think uh, that winning the Olympic bid is incredible and it's going to bring so much attention and money, much like WrestleMania does have a very large financial impact in that area. Same thing with, with the Super Bowl, where actually, you know, the numbers, I'm pretty sure the numbers bear that it does, like the the pros far outweigh the cons financially for, for that area. But uh, yeah, it's one of the things that I didn't really expect, but a lot of these, uh, a lot of these cities are actually worse off moving forward for several reasons, um, you know, having the games. But yeah, this, that's, it's an interesting thing I just never considered. But yeah, they have to erect so many stadiums and, and arenas in a lot of these uh, cities. And then they're just sitting there. Yeah, kind of like off that to, uh, you know, a little bit of a shift. But uh, with regard to Olympic athletes, right? Like a lot of them have like everyday jobs, you know what I mean? And you would think that when you're the best in the world at something, like literally the top of the top, that you would at least like get financially compensated for that, right? And a lot of them, you know, that's that's not the case, you know, for whatever reason, whether uh, there's not a lot of like money in that sport or, or whatever, but you know, you just hear about like somebody going back to their everyday job and you're just like, man, can you imagine going back to your job after you won a gold medal at the Olympics? I mean, you're obviously like still gonna train because that's inside you, but as far as like the compensation is concerned, man, that's like, it's, uh, I don't know, man, uh, you know, like you were talking about like not knowing how to feel about it. It's obviously like you, you, you have the, uh, the bragging rights of being the best in the world, but it feels like a lot of times maybe you should have a little bit more than that. You know, maybe it should be. Mm -hmm. That's kind of why I like the Olympics. I, 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 when there was a guy when I wrestled in high school, I want to say he was like friends with like a coach at a different school. And he came in and worked with us one time and he was telling us about that. Like he, he worked at Home Depot and he was uh, going through his trials to, I think, to try to get on the Olymp the American men's wrestling team. Uh, fuzzy memory, but it was something something along those lines. And I remember thinking, like, man, this guy works like a regular job, too. I feel like that's his job. Like, And that is when I first started, first started realizing, like, no people, not everybody in the Olympics gets those crazy, like, Michael Phelps-type Simone Biles sponsorships, you know? Obviously, they're winning, like, you know, however many, seven, eight, nine, however many gold medals they've won. So yeah, sponsors are going to be, you know, clamoring for people like that. But to go and, you know, you win one gold medal, in my head, it was like, oh, now the world opens up to you exponentially. And for, like, again, for some people it does, but then for, for more, it doesn't. And that's kind of why I ended up liking the Olympics even more, because you that means that you know the people who are at that level aren't doing this because it's like, oh, there's fame and fortune. They're doing this because like they legitimately just want to be the best at this thing, regardless of what like all these other people think to them. And that to me is, is freaking awesome. Yeah. It's freaking awesome. It really just kind of like tells you what kind of a person you have to be, right? To yeah. be at that level. You know, what's your drive level has to be. It can't be like external. You know what I'm saying? It really has no. to be something that's inside you and you have to really like have it built within your fiber to do whatever you have to do to get to the top because the compensation is just that. It's it's being the best. That's what it is. That's what that's the prize, you know? It's crazy. But it is it's uh one of the things that I was reminded of too is it's interesting that uh, I was actually talking to Chad Gable about this in the locker room. But one of the things that happens is so many Olympians, because there's so much emotionally invested into the games and preparing for it and actually being there and performing. But then afterwards, there's this just like your mood oftentimes falls off a cliff where so many of them struggle with depression. They struggle with like now what is the purpose of my life? Because yeah. you spent you spent this entire time peaking, try, like working to peak to perform for the biggest event. So it's interesting, like so many of them struggle with their mental health afterwards. Um, and it's actually, I haven't seen it, but everyone keeps telling me I need to watch the, uh, there's a Michael Phelps documentary where he talks about a lot of his struggles. And this is someone who had like a great deal of financial reward and fame and notoriety. Um, so he's on one end of the spectrum. And it's interesting to hear, you wouldn't think like, oh, he's a guy who would have struggled with depression afterwards, but that's kind of, so I need to see it and actually watch it. But uh, there's just, a, there's a lot. I think, I think I too have a ton of respect for the athletes and the games too. But when you look at inequities in, um, 
in, in like pay for athletes and also how these cities even get to win these bids and the economic toll. There, there are a lot of other things besides the actual pure sport um, that go into it as well. Like, you know, a lot of athletes in America aren't, they don't really have their stuff covered as opposed to like, if you win a medal in a lot of these European countries, uh, I was talking to Gable about this too. Like you're, you have a car provided, you have a house, you have a job for life. They make sure if you've won our country, if you've added a medal, you are taken care of for life. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you're in the biggest of mansions, but at least there's there's more financial reward in a lot of other countries. But it's just all this stuff is interesting because I don't think it's talked about enough. Yeah, I think also, too, what's interesting is like, so, you know, I was talking about how people like obviously spend their whole lives trying to get to this point. Getting to, you know, for example, like the mess that you were talking about in the finals of the wrestling, right, where you work so damn hard, you get to the gold medal match, you have this opportunity to be the best in the world, and then in the last 15 seconds, you end up losing and taking silver or taking second. And it's like, obviously, like a silver medal is great. A bronze medal, just to be in the Olympics is like so mind-blowing, you know, what an achievement. But if you don't win and you've worked so hard your entire life, and you have to wait four years to have another shot at it when you're gonna when you're gonna be, you know, probably weaker, older, you know what I mean? Like not in your prime, it's gonna be even harder to get back to that point. You still have to go back and re-qualify over the next four years. Like that in and of itself to me is like, what a weight, you know? And on top of that, you have like the the weight of a country on your shoulders. Like people are looking to you so that they can touts you around and, you know, have their their pride for their country. And a lot of these people are so young, like they're in their 20s, their teens even, competing to be the best in the world with the weight, literally the weight of the world on their shoulders. Like, ah, gosh, like what, what strong individuals to even like take on that task to get to that point. And, you know, and then you have to perform under pressure. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's crazy. It is, it's wild to think of all the, uh, just the duress that that Olympic athletes go through, obviously mm-hmm. to get there and, you know, to win and then in loss. Cause then what, then what do you do? If like, you've been, this is, this is all you've ever wanted to do for your entire life. And all of a sudden you can't, maybe you get hurt, you know? And I feel like we've experienced it maybe on like a smaller scale with like high school sports, you know, like, oh, you <laughs> didn't win the state championship and you're bummed out about it. You'll never play, you know, football again. You'll never have this chance to do this. But like, if you like <laughs> multiply that by like a thousand, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like the pressure and they're still young, you know, it's, it's just, yeah. it's just mind blowing to me how uh, like the level of strength that one has to possess to be in the consideration to be, uh, you know, considered as one of the best. Yeah. It's so it, it was something like that. So that makes me think about like all the stuff with Simone Biles and, you know, her, her opting out. Cause like, she's going through something and I'm just seeing all the stuff online. Of, like, obviously there's people who are supporting and then like the few people who are like the loud majority who are just like yelling about this, like, Oh, she should be doing this and that. Blah, blah. And I just, just want to like take a second. And I want those people to like understand, like, take a look throughout her history and see all the things that she's been through and all the injuries that she's had. And she still has however many gold medals she has. What is it like? It's, it's a ton. She still won a ton of gold medals. She's so good that her difficulty on her gymnastic stuff is like on a completely different level than everybody else. Like that's how hard she's worked to gain these gold medals, to bring uh, even more notoriety to like America and the Olympics. And so to think that she would like opt out because of like something small is absolutely an insane thought to me. Like clearly there's something very important going here. Give her a second. Yeah. Give her a second. (laughs) Well, it's interesting too. So she, I think she went on social media. It might've been Instagram. I can't remember, but she talked about something called twisties, which I had never heard of. And it's the yips in gymnastics. But when uh, it was explained and then they had so many like elite gymnasts, uh, some who are like retired, who talk about the seriousness of this is like, now I understand, I better understanding because she said, essentially, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding is that the twisties is for a gymnast, it's when you, for some reason, just can't feel your body in the air. So you don't know when to twist, you don't know how to orient yourself because you don't have an idea of where you are in the air for some reason. And oftentimes, like Simone Biles, who is the consensus greatest gymnast of all time, like sometimes this can happen with people who've done this for a very long time and have done this at a very elite level. So I like, if you're talking about all all the stuff you're doing, like 
high-risk stuff in the air and you can't feel your body, that means you can land and break an ankle, break your neck. Like your your health is, it's not like, oh, my, uh, I don't know, my golf swing is a little off today. You know, it's something where there, there can be some real peril, some real injury. Uh, so I'm going to trust that the greatest gymnast of all time knows <laughs> like how yeah. to take care of herself yeah. in the situation. It's, it's such a strange state of mind to have, like that, that you would like, First of all, that you would even think that, like you, you know how good she is. You, you, you know that she like wants to be the best, and if she's not competing, surely there's a like a valid reason in which that she's not doing that. So, but for you to have the mindset of like, oh man, well she's not, you know, she's just chickening out, and then not only that, but then to go online and type that out and send that to somebody who is literally like the best in the world, like the best ever, you know, as if like, 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 you know, more than she does. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I, that, that state of mind, just like it, it blows my mind, like how you can be so like, just like disconnected from somebody as a human being. You know what I mean? Like if somebody's saying like that, they, that, you know, that they need like a break, like just let them have a break. Like it's not, yeah. it's not, it's not affecting you. you and, know what I'm saying? And if she did, like, if she did compete and she won all the gold medals, what what is that person benefiting from? What are, right. what are they getting out of this situation? Uh, you know, like it's so strange. What? <laughs> it's so it's so strange. It's so strange. Well, I, I I like that you brought up the fact that you know people have to deal with that, like the winner that lost for four years, or or not even making the team, you know, for four years before they had that shot again. And obviously, there's the like winter games, and there's there's a bunch of like trials in between that like you know give you a good gauge on like who might make the team that year or the, you know at the next Olympics. But, but my God, it's, it's living by the sword and dying by the sword. And it's, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's admirable because it's something that you get to achieve. That is a life goal that people get to see and people get to understand. So again, I'm going to go back to water polo. If somebody, you know, a year ago was like, yeah, I play water polo. I'd be like, okay, whatever. <laughs> but like taking the time to sit down and see it and then go research and like try to understand it and talk to somebody who actually played. It's like, I'm messing up. This is insane. And synchronized swimming. Like you were talking about uh, Leslie Jones put out that video. And at one point, they're, they're all upside down underwater and their legs are running up above the water and underneath the water. They're like pumping their arms and they're all doing synchronized stuff underwater. Like what, what effort? How much time goes into this? Who makes these routines? You're in the deep and you're treading water, dancing in sync with your... Like this doesn't even make sense to me. How did someone figure out that, that humans could do this? And so it's just like all of these sports, all of these athletes, like nothing but the utmost respect for them and all the stuff they have to go through that we don't see. We see them compete for what, five or six minutes every four years. And then we don't, we don't see them anymore. Lots of people don't talk about them anymore. It's, just, it's Olympic season, let's do this. But we don't, we don't understand that hustle and that grind. It's, on a, it's a completely different level than anything. So any gold medalist from America that want to come on the podcast, we got you. We got you. <laughs> we got you. We'll put you over. Gable Mike. Gable oh, Mike. Let's talk. Oh, Why are we not talking yeah. to Gable? Oh, we I should just talk to Gable. I meant for, for I mean Gable, I mean yeah, Gable Stevenson, yeah. who actually just oh. won a gold. But but no, we, I mean, I wish we had like I never I didn't have the foresight to say, oh, we should just have an Olympics episode. I because I didn't realize that you guys were as into it, but we should have brought Gable along to have we this discussion have right sure. now. Um, but alas. Uh, yes. But yes, we'll get him in it four was years. it was fun. I actually did a little. <laughs> <For you. laughs> yeah, I did a little uh, a little thing for. I think they do like a studio show, um, and they just had me hop in and talk about like SummerSlam and whatnot. But it's cool. It's just on Peacock, so that was like my way of of catching up with a lot because that that was the problem. Just because of the time difference in Tokyo, is there are times where I had some extra times like, oh, I want to watch some stuff live, but there was nothing going live, so. That threw me off too. Was just kind of the. It was harder for me to get as invested as I normally would be, because it was so different in time. Because you're in bed at eight <laughs> fifteen. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> earlier. Sometimes <laughs> earlier. Sometimes. Uh, look, that's that's my life. That's a. You know, to each their own. Sleep is important. Prioritize it is. sleep. Yeah. It is very important. I wish I prioritized sleep a lot better, or more. You got all them churns. They're cheering them kids, mm -hmm. them babies. Yeah. How many do you think you're gonna end up with? Eight. Uh, 
Ah. I say double digits. Double digits? Double digits? Yeah. Oh, I don't know yeah. about that. He's going to keep pumping them. Honestly, I don't... <laughs> I, it, I, my, my wife and I joke about it. Like, I I would be okay with like eight kids. You know what I mean? Or I'd be okay with two, you know? So... I, I don't know, man. I, especially, you know what, what did it for me? And I, we've talked about this, but like she comes from such a big family, you know, she's a, you know, a child of six. And then uh, her dad came from a family of uh, 14. Whoa. <laughs> so, you know, and I'm rehashing this because I, you know, just because, but, you know, like seeing family get togethers and people coming from everywhere and it's like a complete madhouse and everybody's related. I'm like, wow, that, I, I, that would be really cool to have. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. It's really up to her. I mean, my, my job, my job is easy. You know what I'm saying? My, my job is easy. It's really up to her. Whatever she wants. Whatever she wants. You guys are going to be like, uh, like the Wayne family cranking out comedians. Y'all just going to be cranking out Olympic athletes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Who was I talking to? I was talking to somebody about uh, how amazing it is that... Uh, you know, our kids are are doing things that like I don't know how to teach them. You know, so like basketball. You know, <laughs> as we've established before, <laughs> and already in this podcast, I was never very good. But uh, like baseball, like fishing, we've talked about it a lot. But it, that to me is like what blows my mind is just like them growing up and becoming their own individuals and becoming good at what they're interested in. And now I have to go out and try to learn, you know, about what it is that they're interested in and you know we learn together so um yeah the thought of doing that several times over would bring a lot of joy to my heart so you know we'll see beautiful that's we'll see we'll see that's truly beautiful (laughs) i I would say that i uh obviously cannot relate but uh i did meet my nephew for the first time uh, a few weeks ago really and yes uh uh man about i think he's two Uh, okay but yeah, I because of the pandemic and whatnot, haven't really been able to see him because they're up in Boston. Um, and I'm not gonna say I get it. Obviously, I don't get it. But at one point, he was like kind of napping on me, and I didn't because you know me, I'm not big uh, for many reasons. I'm not a big family guy. But in that moment of you know feeling. Uh, another human against me and that physical connection of someone who was blood related to me and my kin. And just that, like, that depth of connection was, was really beautiful. So I am obviously not, obviously not the same as having my own child, but for the first time I felt like, okay, I think I kind of understand this yeah. better at least. It's a thing. It's, Imagine it's with the skin to skin contact. You see, we talked about it before. That is, it is very real. I'll always say uh, one of my most peaceful and just uh, joy-filled moments in my life was uh, just sitting around. Actually, in Florida, you know, it was real hot. We just go out on the back in the lanai and uh, my sons would be asleep and I'll just have them on my chest and we'll just be out there in the heat, just baking. No other obligations. I could have sat there for hours, you know, just your son sitting there sleeping on your chest. Uh, It is, you know, so simple. And in that moment, like, you don't need anything more. That is all that I need, you know? It is, yeah, man. It's great. It's great. I I will say it is fantastic. But the one thing, and I'm not at the same place as as you, because my oldest is four. Mine hits when he sits down and he wants to play Street Fighter and he turns on the cabinet himself and he knows that his mane is <laughs> yeah. Blanca and he knows Ooh. that he's electricity. Like, he's he's in that. Like, he, like, he, like, took a round off me. Ooh. And I was like, I was like, okay. So, like, obviously, I'm not, I'm not like, going in. I mean, not, I wasn't that time, but I definitely do, so he knows what the boss is like. <laughs> but, like, he got a round off me and he, like, popped and I was like, he's like, yeah! I was like, oh my god, like, I I see I see myself like I, I see I see a tiny better version of me, and I get to teach him how to play this game. And he like he like is begging me to teach him how to play it. And it's like oh my god, like that's what that's what all of this is about. Obviously, it'll be hopefully and in, in other things as well. But for me, having that moment because I remember we were at 
or some, some, I think it was CEO fighting a convention that was up in Florida. And there was this nine-year-old who was running grown men in Street Fighter 2, like running them. And everybody's losing because this kid is not even, not even double digits yet. He's nine years old. And so that immediately instilled in me, like, well, now I've seen what a nine-year-old is capable of. So now I will force my child <laughs> to be this good at eight years old. <laughs> and some people might yeah. say that's a, that's a bad dad move. But when he's winning national titles at Evo, y'all will think again. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> I won't have him. I won't have him downstairs in like a sauna room and a wrestling room that I built and like make him wrestle constantly. I'm gonna put him in it, but he's gonna be winning the Evo title. <laughs> Trust that. Bro, you know what the funny thing is, is I had a very similar moment. And as we've talked about, we don't really play a whole lot of games. Our kind of uh, introducing the kids into electronics and games has been a lot slower. Uh, but we go to a, um, a juice bar around here in Austin called Juiceland. And they have a tabletop with like a hundred and some odd games in there. So every time we go in there, like they, you know, I let the kids play, you know what I mean? And they go in to play. And we went there today after uh, Kai's basketball camp. And... Um, you know, so he's playing the game and then we get into the car and he goes, hey, dad, you remember when you taught me how to play? Remember, I didn't know how to play. And then you brought me over to the game and you told me how to do it. And I said, oh, how do you do this? And, he, and he's like, has this vivid memory of me, like bringing him into juice land and teaching him how to play a video game and be like, oh, well, I'll teach you. And now sitting there watching him play, uh, I think it was a uh, bomb jack or something. He's sitting there, he's evading. I give him his smoothie. He has one hand, but he's still doing it. I'm like, Whoa, we don't even play games, dude, you get it. You know? So I get it, man. Oh, I get it. It is, it is so amazing. It is so amazing. And speaking, this is a hard, well, it's a hard transition. And I, so actually, I don't know if this came across in the podcast uh, to you guys who were listening last week, but we had to stop the uh, podcast several times because my internet kept messing up. And people kept asking me like, hey, well, is anybody downloading anything or is anybody uploading? I said, no, like nobody has any devices here. My wife is probably on on the internet, maybe, but that can't possibly be slowing it down. My router is right there behind the, you know, the, the, the wall. I'm on the 5G. There's no way this should be happening. This is crazy. And then as soon as we got off, I realized that I was uploading files, huge files from my phone on the Wi-Fi. And I'm talking about like, you know, like 4K type files, 10 minute long files. And what was on those files was uh, the night before uh, in Chicago, Woods and I had gone to the Galloping Ghost. And for those of you who don't know, I'm sure Woods has talked about it on his channel. You've heard him talk about it. I've heard him talk about it for years. It is the biggest arcade in the world, right? Is it in the world? Yeah, the biggest arcade in the world. And um, they have literally every stand-up, arcade game that you could imagine. And I went there with Xavier Woods after Raw. And it was an hour earlier because we were central time. We went there, it was probably like, you know, 11 o'clock. We didn't leave until 3.30. From 11 to about 12, I was talking about video games with some people that were there. And I just walked in the threshold, walked in the threshold. And then from about 12 to like 1, 1.30, Woods took me on a tour throughout the entire Galloping Ghost. There's like six rooms, five or six rooms, all chock full of video arcade games from my youth and my childhood. And I couldn't like, I still hadn't played a game. It was like an hour and a half in. So eventually we started playing the games and everything and you know we, we taped and recorded the whole thing and I'm literally like a kid in a candy store like I, I couldn't stop talking about how amazing this experience was man like and we were talking about the Olympians being mentally spent but I also was mentally spent <laughs> like afterwards I was like oh my god like even to the next day like it messed me up because I didn't really sleep that night but um I didn't have like a lot of energy the next day. And I realized it was because of the adrenaline that like, you know, that was, that was drawn from me being in that arcade. Cause like as kids and you know, when, when, when arcades were a thing, you know, like more so than they are now, everyone's kind of online now, but you would have the dream of being like, okay, I'm going to have an arcade in my house. It's going to have every single stand-up arcade in there. And obviously, like, you wouldn't have a house big enough. Well, maybe you wouldn't. But you wouldn't have a house <laughs> big enough to house all of these uh, games. But them at the Galloping Ghost, man, they did it. 
they did it like that. That is the dream, man. You pay 20 bucks and it's free play and you go in and literally every single game from like uh, uh, fighting games, you know, all the Mortal Kombat's from Mortal Kombat all the way to, through to, you know, Mortal Kombat for, through everything. You know what I'm saying? Um, Street Fighter, all of that. But then they also have like the 1942 games. They have uh, Arkanoid, you know, uh, they, they literally every single Rygar, Rygar. Yeah. I, t- I said, man, I'm getting like re-excited again. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so I was in the middle of it and I'm looking at, you know, looking for the games. I'm like, where's Rygar? Show me Rygar. Show me Rygar. And sure enough, 10 minutes down, uh, 10 minutes later, walking through in the next room was Rygar. They have every single game. It was so amazing. It was so amazing. I could have been there like literally all night. We were like the last, we closed the store out. We closed it out. Yeah. Like there's they nobody in there. It was like 3.30 in the like, morning. We only left because I felt bad that they were staying so that we could hang out. <laughs> yeah, I know. Otherwise, I know. If we would have gone at like noon, we would have been there till three in the morning. Still, so. bruh, it was it was crazy. We're sitting there playing Mortal Kombat, and uh, I'm yelling at the top of my lungs. You know, Woods oh might have got Woods might have gotten around on me. I don't want to get into the details of exactly around. what happened. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to get into the details. That's not that's not what I'm trying. The point I'm trying to make, you know. But I'm sitting there. I'm literally yelling at the top of my lungs, cussing. Vile words wow. coming out of my mouth, <laughs> loud, loud, and right. So where the game was, uh, the uh, the the window for the 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 place was right there. It was glass. So I yelled into the window, and of course the sound reverberates off <laughs> and like just amplifies the sound even more. And Woods is looking at me. He's like, "Kofi, you got to calm down." I'm like, "Okay, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. There's if, no need, if bro. If it's just like, a, oh man, but he's no. screaming out like." Bro, yeah, <laughs> so loud, so loud, so loud. But yeah, man, what an experience, man. What an experience. And I feel, like I said, I could have been in there. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm saying eight hours, but it probably could have been more than that. It could have, you know, I could have literally been in there for a, just a really, really long time and still not have even eclipsed, like, the, 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 the magnitude of the games that they had there. Like, it was to the point where, like, I went back to the places where, uh, you know, we started the tour and I was seeing games that like I didn't see, I didn't even notice, you know? So it's, it's, it's overwhelming, but in like the best way possible, man, just awesome. So, you know, all that to say, like seeing the kids, like getting into video games, like, oh, you're just getting the toe in, man. You're just getting the toe in right now. You don't even, you don't even know, you don't even know what this is all about. So it's, uh, it's really exciting. Speaking of that, like kids with arcade uh, stuff. So I don't know if I talked about this, but one thing that uh, it might be interesting to see later in life. It's so, like we love these arcade games like now as adults because like we had arcades when we were younger. They were like places that we would frequent. You know, we we know tokens up on the on the screen. That means you're next. You know, there's a whole culture to this that we we know because we grew up in it. That I don't know if if they'll have their own thing or what it is. But I took. Uh, took the kids to round one. And if you don't know what round one is, they're arcades, essentially like Dave and Buster's, but it's a Japanese company. And so they're coming to show us that Dave and Buster's, hey, you're not doing this right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they just bring in all their stuff. And like, oh, this, this is an arcade. So, but they have a bunch of ticket machines, right? And so Griff wants to, he's like, oh, what, what do I do? I'm like, oh, you just put this, slide this card. because you got the money on the card and then press this button and press it again to stop it. So, uh, or it's, it's like Plinko or whatever. So you just press it to release the ball and it falls into whatever ticket thing you get. Dude, four years old, first time ever touching an arcade machine inside of an actual arcade, he hits the jackpot. Whoa! Five, 500 tickets. What? And he goes, and I pop huge. He looks at me and goes, what? I said, you won. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, this is, this is what, this hurt my heart. He goes, won what? And I go, oh my God, the tickets go on the card. He's not going to get the satisfaction of getting those tickets physically. That, and this is so ridiculous. So I know that someone listening to this would be like, you're an insane person. Like that almost broke me (laughs) because that, that experience, the first time, it's like when you played slots for the first time and you Mm -hmm. get the jackpot, you know, you were getting money, a physical thing. Tangible. He's, he's four. I can't explain to him. Tickets go on this card. It's like a currency inside of this arcade. And we can use this to get you like a gummy thing. Like that. 
oh, like the feeling of for 500, that's like three minutes of getting tickets out of a machine. That's a great Dude, wow. And then you yeah. have to carry them around the and whole then, time. Like, yeah. like a big shot. That, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Like, like you own the town. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody knows you're serious too when they yeah. see you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like you were the man or the woman. When you had a ton of tickets, all the kids walking by you, oh my God, look, look at him. Look, what's he going to get? Oh my God, he's going to add it to his other tickets. He's going for the TV. He wants the boombox. He's in here like, <laughs> talking about you, but no, it's on a card now. And you just go, yeah, I got this card. Oh, cool, whatever. Like you don't have that. And that, oh, that, that hurt bad. Whoa. But it's an Man. experience, you know? Yeah. You know, similarly, uh, and I forgot to tell this story when we were in upstate New York, um, there's a mall. Uh, that we went to, and they have like a little mini arcade. So same thing, right? You uh, you win uh, prizes, but it goes on that damn card, you know? So uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's one where you like, uh, like the test of strength with the mallet, but you have to hit it a certain way to where if it gets, like if it goes too high, you don't get the jackpot. But if it goes too low, you you know, you get like five tickets, four, there's a whole like uh, plethora of like ticket amount that you can get. So this one dude came in, and uh, he hits it first time, hits the jackpot, and he starts going nuts. It's five of us in there. It's me, my me and my kids are two, and then like <laughs> him and his kids, you know. And he's sitting there just talking all this trash. Grown man, yeah, jackpot, yo, that's gonna take a while to rack up. But the kids don't understand because they can't see the tickets. They can't see him. It just goes on the uh, goes on the card. So man, it's just it that that feeling. Like you were saying, e, you nailed it. A big shot. That's what you feel like, man. With all those, you start putting them around your neck because they're all connected. Right. You know what I'm saying? And you say, oh, count these. You know, and they wait, bro. What an experience, man. So so are tickets not a thing anymore? I don't know. I'm sure. I'm sure somewhere because they had that system of you know put your tickets. And like Kofi said, they weigh them, then they tell you how many tickets they had, then they put that number on your card. So I'm sure some arcades do that. But these bigger arcades, I think it's just a, I mean, you'd have to have X amount of tickets yeah. throughout, you know, time to constantly refill the machines. And honestly, it's smart to save money. It's a business yeah. that's, a, that's a priority to get the bottom line up. But well, I was going to say exactly that because at this small arcade, there were no employees, right? So mm -hmm. everything is on the card. So all the prizes were in a machine. So you scan your card and then you see like, okay, I got you know, a hundred and something, uh, you know, tickets. So that means I can get this and you just hit the button. So it takes all the human element of interaction wow. completely out of it. So like, mm. you know, from a business perspective, I guess you don't have to pay somebody to go out and wait. The t and then, you know, environmentally, you're you're wasting these uh, these paper tickets. I mean, maybe they're recyclable, hopefully, but I don't know. You know what I did do? Uh, <laughs> so before we went in, uh, we were in the mall and my kids were just, they were on one, you know, they were on one. And I was like, yeah, guys, if you, if you, you know, you keep acting up, we're not going to go to the arcade. Ugh, they keep acting up. I said, all right. So we go buy what we need to buy. And we're about to walk by the arcade. And uh, they go, we going to the arcade? I said, no, no, we're not. You guys weren't, you know, you, you didn't behave. We're, we're not going to the arcade. Oh, okay. I said, I'm going to the arcade. You guys sit right here. <laughs> you sit out here on this bench and I'm going to go in and I got the ticket, the, the, the card and everything. And they're just sitting there. Oh, no, no. But it's like, you know, like you were saying with, uh, you know, uh, with Corbin and, and kind of making it like, like it making it hurt you know yes. I'm like this is the point that I have to make so I got it and I played a few games you know I'm a softie so I let them play eventually you know because I really want to see them play the games that's my goal anyway I really want them to be able to play these games but um yeah it was it was funny because when they <laughs> the look on their face when they said no I'm going to play video games what yeah you sit right out here and I walked in and all the lights are going off in there I'm getting the tickets like playing the games myself so um yeah it, it was a yeah, inexperienced in that little arcade, man. Video games, bro. Video games. Damn. Bring people together. Yeah. And I I think on that note, it's a, it's, it's a good note. We've wrapped this thing up. So thank you guys for listening to this podcast today. A little bit of talk about all the Olympics, about how, how drive really can turn you into something that you want to be. So use that drive to get better at your sport or your chosen profession. Be the best at whatever it is that you decide to be. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We appreciate you. Tell your friends to listen to it, wherever they listen to their podcast, whatever app, whatever program they use, just go to the search bar, type in the new day, click the pink picture with three black eyes faces. And if that is your boys, every click helps us out. And also check me out on the YouTube, go to up, up, down, down, 
uh, on the YouTube or on socials. It's up, up, down, down without videos on Instagram and Twitter. And check out G4 on all social platforms at four at G4 TV. I am a G4 host. Also, go to UUDDshop.com for all your up, up, down, down apparel. And check us out on Monday Night Raw from 8 to 11 on USA Network. And I'm Kofi Kingston. You can follow me at True Kofi on the Instagram and the Twitter. And I'm at WWE Biggie on Twitter and on Instagram. Don't need your follows, but if you want to follow, don't blame me when you've realized you've wasted your life away. Don't do it. <laughs> Just don't do it. Um, uh, watch Laser Wolf. It's on HBO Max. Season one is. It's a real fun show. A real blast. Uh, get our podcast t-shirt. It's not on the Up Up Down Down Shop, but go there too. <laughs> go to go to Up Up Down Down Shop. Get yourself a couple things, and head on over <laughs> to WWE Shop and get that podcast shit. <laughs> and that's Ooh. all I got. What is, what is that? What I, I, don't, I don't know. What is I that? need I need it. I don't know what it is, but I need it. I, I, yeah, I don't know. More of it. Go ahead, go ahead and finish the clothes with that voice. Go ahead. You I, don't, it. I can't find it. I lost it. I it was just in the, out in the moment. No, it's too much pressure. But uh, thank, thank all of you uh, for listening to this here podcast. I don't know what I'm doing with my life, and neither do you. So good night, safe travels, and we'll see you soon. Mwah. <laughs>